0: I would say that's when I certainly went into my self exploration journey and found some awesome podcasts to listen to, like yours and others that are clearly focusing on gratitude and happiness. And, you know, that has certainly made a difference for me and just kind of taken a moment to say, I'm grateful that I have what I still have left.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? Do you practice gratitude? I kept hearing about how much it enhanced your life and blah, blah, blah from all these specialists. And I, I just am always skeptical of this stuff, this self-help stuff. So this is the thing. When I feel skeptical about something, I'm all in. I do it a hundred percent so that I can prove people wrong. And so that's where I was with this gratitude thing. So I have been practicing gratitude for a really long time, but I really didn't know it specifically. See, every night I reflect and it's been years, like 10 years since I've been doing this way before MS. And I would just say like what I was grateful for at the end of the day, kind of mixed with prayer a little bit in there. Well, for the last six months or so, I've been trying to be a lot more intentional about it see gratitude is positive emotion that involves being thankful and appreciative and when you experience this feeling of gratefulness supposedly right this is what they say it generates a whole bunch of emotions like kindness and warmth and an overall sense of wholeness thankful people supposedly generally have qualities of purpose awareness, and compassion. And I've really been feeling this a lot more, to be honest, since I've been very intentional and talking a lot more about what gratitude means to me. So according to Harvard Health Publishing, gratitude is strongly associated with greater happiness. It helps people feel more positive emotions, relish good experiences, and improve their overall health. They deal with adversity a little bit better and build strong relationships. I mean, come on. Aren't those the things that we would all love to achieve and experience? How might we practice gratitude? There's lots of different ways. So we might write a thank you note or keep a gratitude journal or like I was doing before and didn't really know it, which was in the prayer, meditating and reflecting, So research has been done on this gratitude stuff. So like I said, over the last six months, I've kind of been looking at this. So there's two psychologists out of the University of California and the University of Miami. They've done a lot of research on gratitude. In one study, they asked the participants to write a few sentences each week, focusing on particular topics. So they had several groups, right? One group wrote about things they were grateful for that had occurred during the week. A second group wrote about their daily irritations or things that had displeased them. And then a third group wrote about events that had affected them with no emphasis on them being particularly positive or negative. So after 10 weeks, those who wrote about their gratitude were more optimistic and felt better about their lives. Surprisingly, they also exercised more and had fewer physical visits to the actual doctor's office than those that had those sources of aggravation. So this other researcher out of the University of Pennsylvania, he tested the impact of various positive psychology interventions on over 400 people. So each compared with a controlled assignment of writing about early memories. So within their week's assignment, was to write a personal letter and deliver this. And the letter was like of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness in their life. So the participants immediately exhibited a huge increase in happiness scores. And this impact was greater than any other form of intervention that they had applied with benefits lasting more than a month. So there's so many more pieces of research. Those are just a couple. And so I'm kind of on this wagon and I really want to explore it more so For more on gratitude, I'm happy to chat with anybody about my experiences. Today on the show, actually, I have two sisters, and you might recognize one of them is Melissa Gordon. She was actually on our very first episode of TOSP. So she's agreed to join us again for an update, which I'm so thrilled about but we also are speaking with her twin sister, Brandy. These two are, geez, a couple of the most positive people I know. And anytime I say anything to Melissa that might be a little bit negative, she turns it upside down and makes it into this good thing. And I'm like, stop it. So I thought they'd be the perfect people to discuss this topic of gratefulness and gratitude. So I want to see a little bit more, too, because Melissa has Brandy, right? Brandy is one of her biggest supporters when it comes to battling her MS for several reasons that we'll get into in just a moment. And I really want to get, like, a family member's point of view, too, on... You know, just what it's like having someone near them and close to them and loving that has mess. So let's get right to it. Let's chat it up with Brandy and Melissa. Hi, ladies. How are you today?
2: Good morning.
1: Good. How are you? I am fabulous. I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for being here. So we know a little bit about Melissa's diagnosis story from episode one, but Brandy, I'd like to ask you when Melissa was getting diagnosed, what was that like for you? What did you experience? And as a sister and someone that loves Melissa, what did what did that feel like for you? So I think
0: the other unique part about it is that Melissa and I began, twins, you have to think about the genetic component of it. So, you know, of course, initially it's shock, like, how could this really be happening? Then followed by how does this impact me only? And I mean, that sounds selfish, except for the fact that, you know, we're identical twins, we, we have identical genetic makeup. So you have to think that at least there's some genetic component about it and think, what do I need to do for myself? You know, then it's, it's interesting. You try to kind of then refocus and just be back to thinking about Melissa. I mean, I would say it's been 10, 11 years, 11, 12 years, Melissa, 11. Um, it's been long enough now that I could say that at this point, it's just the supportive role. And it's interesting. You mentioned that I'm one of Melissa's biggest supporters, but I think that's partly because of what I do professionally. I'm a physician assistant. So, you know, you know. I'm the medical provider for the family to begin with. And then on top of it, when something major happens, that's who you know, we go to. So. Did you know a lot about MS
1: before Melissa's diagnosis?
0: Well, so I don't practice in neurology. So I would say that certainly it wasn't my everyday, day-to-day. I was fortunate enough that one of the surgeons I work with, her, his wife is a neurologist. So you know, I kind of had frontline, someone that we sort of trust on a more personal level that Melissa's sending me her MRIs and her scans, and I'm forwarding it to them. So we're getting that opinion outside of what Melissa was getting. So, you know, a physician assistant has to practice or we test in general medicine. So of course, I've encountered it. And you know, I have patients with that as a diagnosis, but that's not the primary field of medicine I'm in now.
1: Sure, sure. And so I'm sure you've acquired a lot more knowledge over these 11 Mm -hmm. years since then. And Melissa, I mean, having, geez, having your sister be in the medical field has got to be a huge bonus. What is that like for you? Well, so, you know, if we look back at my first
2: episode, I talked a little bit about my first neurologist and, you know, we just didn't have this great relationship. I had no clue what he was saying. It was like he didn't know what he was saying. Um, And I'm sorry that I'm saying that because I'm not trying to bash the medical profession. But, you know, it was like. I wasn't getting anywhere. So I can only imagine if I didn't have my sister to kind of like help me navigate that because there's no doubt that I would have given up at some point, you know, without having that relationship to kind of talk through. With As much as I am typically a positive person, sometimes enough is enough, you know? And so when you're not getting answers, you're not getting help, you don't understand what they're saying. And if I didn't have someone to help me understand that, There's a good chance I would have just walked away and been like, whatever, I'll just deal with it. So,
1: It's not just that she's your sister. She's a source of information too, right? 100%. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I would have
2: navigated what was happening without having her in my life. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's really wonderful. Um,
0: when we first started doing the MS bike rides, that was Melissa's kind of – and I'm sure she, she did talk about this in your first episode. That was her kind of coming out to you know, letting people know that she had MS. But although she was willing to come out, she also has never really liked the spotlight on her. So the fact that our team name was Team Melissa Stampede, people walking past would say, oh, who's Melissa? She'd literally shove me forward and say – she's Melissa point to me so that like I then had to interact with these people because she wasn't quite ready for that, you know? And that's, that's something that's truly just unique to us being twins. That doesn't happen for everyone. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, really
2: you can yeah. take her spot when it's necessary. <laughs> and right. That, and that
1: brings up a very good point. <laughs> I,
2: you know, as much as, as much as I'm like, I'll tell my story to anyone now. The, fir- the first year we rode our, our bikes, I told them, you know, which we mentioned before but I told them well we need to find a new neurologist so you all need to talk to people and so I forced them to talk to people but I wasn't really comfortable doing it myself and to the, the Orlando ride the Citrus Tour it has a really great banquet at the end but I told them we're not going like I don't want to go to that I don't know what it is I don't want to go to it and I'm not ready to like kind of talk through it yet you know so yeah it is good that I had someone who could Fill in when I wanted her to.
1: And fast forward a couple, two, three years, right? Well, how long have you been doing the bike? So
2: we've ridden in a bike ride for every year. So this is our 11th year. But yeah, fast forward about five years, and then I'm on stage talking. So
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm sure all that support from the family helped get oh, yeah. you there, right? Because yeah. you're feeling more comfortable with all the people at the race mm-hmm. and, you know, telling your story. It's pretty personal. Yeah. And so to get to that point, I I was there when you did your yeah. speech and your whole family was there. So what does that support felt like for you? Well, Alice? so, I
2: mean, honestly, I joked about wanting to be the one to speak. But had they not given me that little like push, you know, I probably wouldn't have done it. You know, I would have just joked about it, but it was them who was like, well, it's like now or never just go ahead and like, why not ask to do it? So, yeah, I mean, definitely it was intimidating the fact that there's more than a thousand people in the audience, but having them to focus on and having them to talk to, even though I'm talking to, you know, a thousand people, it definitely helps knowing that they're always going to be in your corner.
1: Brandy, you don't live in Florida. We're in Orlando. So you come down for the the bike.
0: Yep, I do. I work I live in Pennsylvania. So actually, again, this is part of the family affair. My parents drive my bike down cuz my parents love to drive that 17-18 hour drive. I hate it, so I fly. <laughs> that and it's it's kind of a time thing. I mean, <laughs> you only get so much time off, so I'm not going to spend it in the car when I can fly and you know, fly back. So
1: yeah, I don't blame you. And so that's really nice that the whole it's a family affair that everybody kind of gets involved. And Melissa, speaking of family affair, do you have any updates on your family stuff? <laughs>
2: well, so, you know, the the boys are still with us. It's been over a year now and we hope that they continue to, to stay with us. They sure love Auntie B, you know, so they love when she comes to visit and And if she's not here to visit, you know, they love to let's call and tell Auntie B, let's tell Auntie B, you know, so it's like a big deal to be able to call her and talk to her and you know let's be honest they're 4 and 5 now so we we still are working through some you know some behavior things so sometimes i'm like we're calling auntie b she can talk to you about this because you know i'm i i'm exhausted from saying like the same thing over and over again so auntie b can tell you and hopefully this time you'll listen you know so that's also nice as well
1: mm-hmm. gosh you guys are are the jam you know you heard me in the beginning talking about gratitude and things how does that play a role in your lives together as sisters and individually?
2: Well, I mean, I'll start. So when I'm alone, I can fend for myself, but when I'm with my sister and this goes back to even when we were little, she was the dominant one. She's the one in charge. So, you know, Like she mentioned earlier, I would push her forward to be the one to talk because, like, I didn't want to or I was shy or I just, you know, I wasn't ready yet. But I would say that I am grateful almost for that diagnosis because I have become so instrumental in advocating and telling my story that I don't know that I would have done that if it hadn't been for my diagnosis. So I've heard people on the show say before that they're grateful for MS. But in some ways, I think that that definitely applies to me as well, because it's definitely helped me come into my own a little more and be more comfortable with speaking up for myself. So that's one way that I'm grateful. What about you, Brandy? It's
0: funny, I would say Melissa, you know, saying that she would shove me forward. But I mean, this started when we were young, she would shove me forward at the doctor's office, I had to go first. And I just learned the drill from the beginning that I would lie and say, nope, we didn't get any shots today, because she was so terrified of shots. And you know, her first treatment was an injection. And we were in Europe, and her auto jet broke. So the the injector that she doesn't see the needle broke, and she's panicked. And Melissa has the type of personality that I just kind of let her like think it through. So it took her about four minutes to realize that, oh, my sister can give me my injections. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can I do that every day. But if I would have said that at the beginning, Melissa wouldn't have gotten there, you know. So I think, You know, we've learned from the very beginning that we're grateful that we have each other because we certainly balance each other out. But, you know, I think going further than that, we're just so grateful that we have the family support we do for everything that happens to us. I mean, in the last two years, I went through a divorce that was unexpected. And I would say my family support, number one, and friends have just become the forefront of getting me through the tough times. You know, you think that you have your life on track and you think you know what your support system is, but unfortunately, bad events make you realize who really is your your strong supporters, and I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah, building that support is really necessary, and like you said, doesn't mean – Because you have MS, you need a support system just in general to get us through life. And so having each other is just amazing. I didn't know that story about being over in Europe in your (laughs) auto-injector just to quit on you. Yeah. So it was really convenient to have Brandy
2: there, right? 100%. And then the best part is she left a day early. So she had to teach the other two girls how to give me the shot. So talk about like close (laughs) bonding, you know? like all right, well, I'm not doing it myself. So someone else is going to have to. Afraid of needles. I mean,
0: Melissa wouldn't even look at her injection. She was like, nope, <laughs>
1: not <laughs> happening. Mm-hmm. I. It's really crazy that you had to do that and being afraid of needles. Did they tell you, you, what was that, Copaxone that you were on? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And did you have to take Copaxone first? Was that-
2: no, I mean,
1: so it goes back to
2: that terrible neurologist, you know, it was just the give pamphlets and choose the one that's best for you. Um, so obviously, my sister looked at the pamphlets, my mom looked at the pamphlets, my dad looked at the pamphlets. And we kind of all like, well, this one seems best. And it was where I was at in my life. You know, it seemed to be the most safe if we wanted to have kids at the time. And so we chose that one just, you know, weighing the odds you know, the different choices that were available at the time, there wasn't a whole lot, you know, there wasn't really the daily medicines at the, at the time that you could take or orally, it was mostly injection, you know, so it was kind of like weighing the odds of which one is best for me. And so I kind of just knew I would have to suck it up and do it, you know, so mm -hmm.
0: I mean, honestly, the, the drug market has changed so much just for MS in the last 10 years since you've been diagnosed. I mean, it feels like something new is
2: coming out every day. But at the time, there were yeah. basically three options and Capaxone. I tend to be very... If it says you could have this side effect, typically, I would feel those effects in the past. And so, you know, the other ones that were available, it was like, well, you could feel like you have the flu for a week out of the month. And I'm like, I don't have time for that.
1: So... Who has time for that business? Melissa, bringing up the the medication piece, I know recently you had to change your medication. Can you share with us what happened with that? Yeah. Unfortunately, my insurance no
2: longer was covering Tecfidera, which is the one that I was on for five years after Copaxin. And so then I had to switch to the generic, which I mean, you're always nervous about any type of a switch, but I was willing to do it, but it was still super expensive even with, with insurance and there was no copay assistance for the generic. And so at that point it was like, well, I just financially can't afford to pay the $300 a month for it. There has to be other options. And so I talked with my doctor and we switched to Zaposia.
1: And how's that working for you? Yeah, fine. No shots. <laughs> yeah, no shots and no new lesions. What is that um, medication? Do you do an, like an oral once a day? or? Yep, once a day oral
2: medication. Mm-hmm.
1: That sounds great to me.
0: Since, you know, obviously sharing Melissa's team and story, I've met so many people that I know that I had no idea were diagnosed. And I mean, you know, college friends, I have another coworker, and they're actually a set of twins as well. And one twin has it and one twin doesn't. And so Melissa and I have talked to both of those twins. Like I knew the one that was diagnosed. And then I also talked to her sister who I'd never personally met. And we just kind of talked about our fears being twins and having a sibling and, you know, appropriately saying, how do I support my sister that has this? So it's, it's interesting just kind of how Melissa's story has helped kind of bridge the connection to other people, which is ironically part of the MS Foundation's, I think, slogan, right? Isn't it something about connections or something? Like that
2: whole glow stick thing? At the citrus store, everybody gets an orange glow stick And it's very moving in a sense because they'll they'll say if you have a family member or they start with if you're living with MS stand up you know and you open your glow stick and you look around and you see all the people in the room that also have opened their glow stick and stood up and then same thing with like if you have an immediate family member or a spouse stand up and then if you have a friend or you know so in the end obviously everyone in the room is standing up but it's kind of neat in a sense to see that too because while you know obviously others in the room are there because they're living with MS, you know, seeing everyone stand at that moment, you're like, wow, this is kind of this is kind of cool. And then seeing how many are doing it for their family members or their friends. You just I don't know, it's just like so neat. It's it's pretty indescribable actually. You know, there's always tears for my mom. She's always crying, but you know there's there's that so
0: well and you know it's funny because the Orlando, the citrus ride is the one that we've done the most as a family. Now we have done as a family, the, the Pennsylvania ride. And then I've done also a ride in New Jersey with a couple of coworkers, but it's sort of funny how different those rides are all geared. Like I would say the citrus ride is crazy geared towards people living with MS. Whereas the Pennsylvania ride, Melissa had on a Jersey that said, I ride with MS. And everyone was like, you're doing this ride and you have MS. Like Nobody does yeah. that. Well, you know? It, it's just very odd that in Orlando, there are so many people that are living with MS that are actually doing the ride, whereas the one in Pennsylvania, it was like Melissa had five heads for saying she was doing it and riding with MS. So it is just very strange how different the venues are in that regard.
2: I mean, I kind of feel like after I did that ride, I I understand, though. I understand after I did that ride why they think you're crazy. Like, it's like up and down, up and down, hill, hill, hill. You know, it's not flat. Like I mean, don't get me wrong. There are some hills in the Citrus Tour, but it's not like the mountains that we were riding. And I had just broken my ankle a couple months earlier, so the training was not top-notch on that one, so...
1: Mm -hmm. I think that that's going to vary from location to location, right? Didn't you guys just do one in Daytona?
2: Yeah, we did. But that was an interesting one. My sister didn't get to do it, but she's doing it with us this year. That was because of um, being on the Citrus Tour. So they um, moved us to the Daytona ride if you still wanted to ride. And so we were like, well, let's just do it. And actually, you know, it's it was probably unique in a sense because if you were planning on riding in the Citrus store and you still wanted to ride, you rode in this one. So we're doing it again this year in Daytona just because I kind of liked riding by the ocean. That was pretty cool. And um, it's in October, so it's usually not as hot as it would be, um, you know, in March, April, May time. But I will be interested to see what the demographics look like because they're not combining like all of Florida into one ride this time. So they have both. It'll be interesting to see, but I'm glad that they combined it because I don't know that we would have found it or stumbled upon it. Um, And it's equally as close for us to go To the citrus tour as it is to go to Daytona. So, um, who doesn't like a nice beach weekend out of it
1: too? Yeah, I love that. That's a bonus. Yeah, that's one of my favorite places. So, if you can watch the ocean while you're you're riding, and you finish at the shell,
2: so it's really cool. Like you finish at the Daytona Shell, you know, like the
1: stage right there. So, oh yeah, 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 I know where that is. Very cool. Yeah, I love that. It's like spring break in in a bike tour. Yeah, in October. So not so hot. Right? Yeah, even better. Gosh, I know when I've gone to the bike, because I do not ride a bicycle. I mean, I can, but no, that's not me, right? So when I've gone to support you, it is so hot outside and I have to like Mm -hmm. keep going into the air conditioning and cooling off. I'm like, I'm not going to be on the ride. Like I can't like be along the way handing out water. That's not going to happen. I'd have to have fans (laughs) all around me because the heat is just a killer for me.
2: Well, if you want to come, it's in October. And so, you know, it feels a lot better because it's not quite as hot and there's ocean breeze and,
1: yeah, I might need to. And then I get a little vacay out of it too, right? Yeah, you can help babysit
2: too during the ride.
0: Oh, and I can see the boys. Should we do a shameless plug and say that we'll put the link for our team page if anyone wants to join or donate?
2: Yeah, I mean, totally cool. We're a pretty fun team. We've got a pretty <laughs> amazing journey jersey too. So yeah, Edie, I'll share the link with you if anyone wants to join or donate.
1: So absolutely. Their team shirts. What is that? A little Chihuahua you have on there. What does he
2: say? The front is Brandy's dogs on a, um, a unicycle. And then the back is our dogs with a really great Snapchat filter. That's what that is.
1: So you got, you got all four of the dogs. So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so Brandy, give us an update on your life. How are things?
0: Things are getting better. Finally, you know, the unexpected divorce about two years ago was, was, was tricky and, you don't know when you hit rock bottom until you hit rock bottom with that kind of stuff. You know, you, you think that you're going to be OK and then you get triggered. And I, I would say that's when I certainly went into my self-exploration journey and found some awesome podcasts to listen to like yours and others that are clearly focusing on gratitude and happiness. And, you know, that has certainly made a difference for me and just kind of taken a moment to say I'm grateful that I have what I still have left you know, what, the things that I have, I'm grateful for.
2: Yeah, to build off of it, like, well, I'm grateful for this. So I'm going to try that, you know, so I think that's important. Plus, you know, I'm a little bulldog when it comes to it. So um, if if sometimes when, when Brandy's feeling down, I'm like, do you need me to burn shit? Like, what do you need me to do? You know, so <laughs> you got to
0: find your coping mechanisms. I had a lot of fires. I burned a lot of stuff that at one time had sentimental value. And, and I needed that. That was like, cleansing cathartic for me you know
1: yeah for sure like what that makes me think of that movie waiting to exhale when she throws
0: all the stuff in the driveway I mean I I I caught my I this was a like I had a burn party so at my burn party I burnt like photos and stuff and then I had a personal burning when I just threw my dress on and watched it burn with a drink in my hand and
1: I needed it so yeah but you gotta release the crap Right. I mean, living in gratitude is wonderful. And you know, I'm going to preach that till the cows come home because it's helped me a lot mm-hmm. personally. But if you don't talk about the the crap that's going on and really understand how that's making you feel and why, and getting that support from others in that journey. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it Otherwise, it's just building up. Like I can't just pretend that it's not there. Well,
0: and I think the other thing is, I think there's a certain level of just pride that comes into not saying like, for me, I didn't want to say I failed. I didn't want to say that this failed or I was a failure or something. So your initial reaction is just to kind of close up and just not share it. But the most cathartic thing for me was when I could finally say, hey, listen, this is what happened. And then after that, I wanted to throw a billboard up and let everyone know, like, my point of view on what happened. Now, you know, it's very easy to point a finger and put blame, but I I have said from the beginning, I think every relationship certainly takes two people to make it work and two people to make it fail. There are certain things that make them fail quicker, but then also have to say, that wasn't potentially the right relationship for me. You walk away from that relationship or when that relationship ended, now I think to myself, oh my goodness, my anxiety level is so much better. I, I just live with the sense of not carrying things on me like I did before, which you don't realize. It's so funny when you're in the moment of things, you don't realize what you have. But another shameless plug, I mean, honestly, if you don't have that friend support or you don't wanna talk to your friends, there is no shame in therapy. You got it. You got to talk to someone. So I don't want anyone out there to be struggling. You got to talk to someone. And it certainly is going to help
1: you, whatever you're struggling with. Whether it's publicly, like as Melissa has has learned, or if it's just a personal conversation with your therapist, Getting it out and talking about it is, is really healing. Or you have a cry person like me. You know, my mom is my
2: cry person. I think we both struggle a little bit with bottling things up for a while. And I'm not really one to cry often. I probably can count on less than two hands how many times I've cried in the past like six years, you know. But when I do, it feels so good. Like it's such a great release. But I need to have my mom to cry too. Brandy tried to sub in one time and I was like... This this is just not working. Like you're not mom. I can't I can't do this. You know, so I'm like, you're not really providing me the support that I'm looking for. I'm gonna need to wait for mom to be available. Everybody serves their own purpose, but just having having your own release or group or network. But yeah, we both suffer from bottling it up and then you know, we find our outlet like my outlet is my mom and or also doing our bike ride. So those are the things that have helped me to maintain the positivity as well. So And meeting pretty cool
1: people like you too, Edie. Thanks, man. I'll jump in there. <laughs> so, all right. Be grateful for your diagnosis, you said, Melissa. Yeah. So use your diagnosis to increase your, your capacity to understand others even right? And going through a hard situation. So be grateful for your diagnosis. Build that support system and find your cry person. Ladies, where can people find you? My Instagram is Melissa underscore
2: Gordon nine five, probably the easiest way to find me Facebook and I are friends and not friends. um, You know, I get hacked. So maybe not the best choice. So um, yeah, so we'll stick with Instagram for me. Mm -hmm. My Facebook name is Brandy
0: Ruth. I went with my middle name there but um i'm easily accessible through melissa's instagram <laughs> we share an identity sometimes
1: but you don't share ms which i'm i'm grateful for that fact too because it is so statistically normal for identical twins to both have ms and so it's just very interesting that the dynamic between you guys the love you share for each other and the support you have for one another. It's really inspirational for me to see that connection that you guys have and how you support each other through the the bike rides and things. And thank you for so much for putting yourselves out there and raising money for, for the MS Society. You know,
2: I kind of have to say there's always been a little bit of competition between the two of us too, you know, growing up. And even with that competition, you know, like sometimes our mom – and it would really make us mad, but sometimes our mom would say, well, Melissa, your sister has an A in math. Why don't you have an A in math? I'm like, we're our own people, okay? Like, so I'm not very good at math. Leave me alone, you know? So there's that, but um, I think, and, and sorry, Brandy, if I say this, but I think that the fact that when we were talking about my diagnosis, you know, Brandy had mentioned trying to work through her own feelings of like, what if me? And so that kind of spurred me on as well, like, no, like she, you know, and Brandy, sorry if I'm putting you out there, but that was, you know, she's like saying, well, if I have MS, like I can't practice anymore. And I'm like, why can't you? Like, I don't understand, you know? So I think that that spurred me on too, in the fact that that little competition of her saying, well, if, it, if it's me, I would have to quit this and like, I'm not quitting anything. That competition helped us, spurred us on because that I'm going to do it because you tell me I can't, I'm going to do it even better or even more. So there was that little bit of self-doubt in in a sense too. Well, and I think the last
0: point is that we are, you know, connected because we grew up in the same family, but we're also, we have that weird twin thing where yeah. Melissa f- feels all of my pain. I mean, I am the accident prone twin. I have a plate in my right arm that goes from my shoulder to my elbow. And when I broke my arm, my dad's first reaction was, we need to call Melissa and let her know that if she has pain in her right arm, it's, it's it's you. It's not her. Like, I mean, Melissa is notoriously known to be kicked out of doctor's office because she's screaming louder than me when I'm getting
2: stitches. It's not reciprocal, by the way. So she doesn't feel my pain. And in fact, when I broke my ankle, this was post MS diagnosis. I'm like, well, I, I have pain in my ankle. Like, I think I broke it. And Um, her reaction is well interesting I don't feel it and you can wait till tomorrow and I'm like no literally I think it's broken like I don't feel a lot in my feet and I'm feeling this like I think it's broken so I did not take your advice and went and sought medical advice to which it was definitely broken so it's not reciprocated so I I feel her pain but she doesn't feel mine so (laughs) lucky me (laughs)
1: so interesting the dynamic between twins Mm -hmm. for sure i i would not have expected that you would be feel actually feeling her pain oh yeah which is so yeah you're in tune yeah and
2: and to a point like Another crazy thing, this one was visiting me and then she left and um, I took her to the airport and then I came home and I'm like freaking out because I can't find my phone. Like I'm freaking out. I'm like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Where's my phone? And and my husband, Scott's like, calm down. Like you'll find it. You lose it all the time and you're fine. And to which I'm like, no, no, no. Like I need my phone right now. Like I need it right now. And it turns out my sister had called me like 11 times because – was your plane late or you lost something I don't remember what it was but I just knew that I needed to get my phone cuz like I needed to talk to her so well Melissa is a terrible driver so she's wrecked every single car in the
0: family and every time she's gotten into a car accident just random times during the day I've called her within 5 minutes like hey is everything okay cuz I just have this strange sense that I need to talk to her
1: that's so wild that is so wild so we have accident prone and horrible drivers yeah. i i i <laughs> It's balancing (laughs) the two of you out. That's so great. You guys, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. I appreciate Melissa. This is your second time. We'll have to have you on every, every year this time. How's that? Brandy, come back too, you know, it's pretty fun. Um, We love having you have
2: us on, Edie. And we wish you the best of luck with your podcast because you're inspiring others. And that's the best, that's the best thing to do. So I think that that's really great. You're a great support for our community and I just love you. You're one of our, one of my best friends. So
1: thank you, lady. I love that. Next time we'll have to have Scott on too. So we'll have the sister and the husband and we can talk about all that business (laughs) and you guys. So Scott is pretty hilarious. (laughs) Like, <laughs> and Melissa's Instagram is great. She put out some funny stuff yesterday, actually, that I shared. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, take a look at their stuff and reach out to them because if even for just even information about the, the bike rides and things, because we need to support one another in our community. Girls, thank you so much for being here. And again, if you'd like to find out more about your core values or gratitude, please head on over to the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. We'd love to see you there. Everybody In Melissa and Brandy and all you listening, please keep thriving. Thanks, Evie. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Keep thriving.